0: Welcome to the October 25th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is from the Revelation, chapter 2, verse 4. And the sermon is entitled, Uncertain Times, delivered today by Pastor Clyde Moyer. Uncertain times. To say we're living in trying times is an understatement. In fact, uh, where Pastor Mike is right now just underscores that things are happening in our area. Many of the things that are happening in our country have happened before, but rarely have this many negative things happened at the same time. Our churches are under serious attack on many fronts. Evil is not only obvious now, it is rarely rebuked, and in many cases, it's celebrated. There is an increase in the occult activity in our area. Christians and Christianity are being tested and pressured from all sides. In recent days, we've seen both Internet and social media giants, such as Facebook, Twitter, Google, ban or shut down Christian statements and messages, or conservative statements and messages. The restrictions imposed on us by the county, state, and national governments have put churches, many churches, in the position of diminishing changing or even closing their services. The impact on the church from the response to the pandemic will most likely not be temporary. Now that the county, state and national leaders have found that they can get by with shutting things down, they likely will use it again when it suits their, their, their means, what they wanna do. At some point, I certainly hope the restrictions will lift And we can get back to some semblance of normalcy. But I do believe that there will be a new normal. Uh, Our congregation will likely not be as large later on as it has been. Uh, That's actually not just my idea. The Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia suggest that there will be a falling away from church as a result of the long shutdown. A program that I like to tune into at 6 every evening on Equip FM is Pastor's Perspective. It's a program where people just call in and ask questions. And they've got apologists and very good pastors there to answer those questions. But that program a couple of weeks ago as I was listening said that in their estimation of all of the churches that have had to actually shut down and not have services at all through this pandemic time, their estimate is one out of every five will never open again. That's an astounding number. Regardless of where we stand on the pandemic and all the restrictions and things that go along with it, what is patently clear is that Satan has used it as a terribly divisive tool that has brought division and disagreement not only to the community but even in the body of Christ. Why would some people decide not to come anymore? Why would they do that? Well, actually, there are quite a few reasons that make very good sense. Sadly, I wish they didn't make sense. Maybe it wouldn't happen. There are gonna be a lot of people that very simply don't feel comfortable in crowds anymore and that may never change. Whether that's a scientifically justifiable reason or not simply does not matter. The truth is, is that sometimes we aren't allowed the luxury of dealing with reality, but with people's perception of reality. Our calling as a church is to minister to everyone, wherever they are, whatever they think, whether we agree with it or not, we're called to reach to everyone. They have a right to their opinion, and fear of exposure to something deadly is a strong motive not to come, especially if it's an elderly person or someone with pre-existing conditions of different types of health challenges. Every church has people that have been long-time attenders. But life got busy, schedules got complicated, and they slowly began to attend a little less each year. The lack of being able to attend church as before will bring a temptation to do other things instead of coming. Internally, they'll tell themselves that they can worship the Lord anywhere, and nothing will change in their relationship with him. But this is a very dangerous deception of oneself. We may remember that Felix told the Apostle Paul, I'll send for you at a more convenient time, which never came. And the word says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together for a reason. Churches sometimes fail to get people connected to ministry and other members. Now, this is a my bad on the church. And Clifford has been guilty of this as well at times, unintentionally, but still guilty. The oversight of making sure people are properly connected to something in the church when they join helps create one of the people types that very well might fade away. When the church is blessed to have new members, Many times after we get them voted in, we almost take them for granted and we have a tendency to think that the new member will automatically feel at home, automatically feel welcome, and automatically feel mentored. But if we never get them involved in the choir or a Sunday school class or small group, it will be very easy for them to assume that they were never very important to our church anyway and not feeling wanted or necessary is an excellent reason to go somewhere else. Small groups, I'm gonna put a plug here, are crucial and invaluable to the church. In a small group, I mean, it can be the choir or Sunday school class, but I would love to see many, many home Bible studies pop up and grow. In a home Bible study where you invite people that you may already be close to, you're already friends. And as you worship together privately in a small venue, a much less formal venue, you will feel more comfortable. You're more apt to share issues with each other, more apt to uh, lean on each other in times of difficulty, more apt to be safe in keeping confidences within each other. That is a crucial thing. We need more small groups and believe you me, if you ever, don't volunteer unless you're interested because we will say sick them and give you whatever you need to go home and do it. We need it. <clears throat> All churches have folks that are good with very good people, excellent people. And everybody just assumes that they're solid Christians and they're happy with things and the way things are going. But it's always possible that they've been coming just out of habit. Their folks always did. Their grandparents did. It's just what you do on Sunday morning. They just may be coming because it's what they've always done. The problem can come from the fact that they may never have made a conscious, uh, intentional, personal commitment to Christ. If church isn't a top priority and they're very busy people, they may slowly fade away as well. All churches have at least a few folks. Now, I know there's none of these folks in here, but all churches have at least a few folks that never seem to be happy with anything or how the church is being handled or how the church is handling ministry. But because we're all different, that's a good thing. It's excellent that we're all different or we make all the same mistakes. But if somebody is already by nature predisposed to be a little hard to please... Or to think, if it doesn't go my way, it's just got to be wrong. Times like these are make it very easy and almost natural for them to seek greener pastures, which are never there. They're just different. And then some people, sadly, come to church for a business reason. To make business connections. Or maybe they feel that what an upstanding person of the community ought to do is to be seen in church. I'll be thought better of. I may make good business connections. It's a win-win. Well, while that both might be true, that has nothing to do with knowing the Lord. And therefore, they do not have a heart connection with God, which makes it also very easy to drift away in a time like this. And then finally, there's a convenience factor. People that are good people and maybe genuine Christians, <clears throat> and they want to stay connected to the Lord and to the church. But because they now have live streaming and other pre recorded options offered, they don't have to come to get it. They can watch us in a fishing boat. Uh, several weeks ago, Susan and I sat on the second floor porch of Outer Banks Motor Lodge and watched Mike preach against a backdrop of sand, which is hilarious if you know Mike, because he hates sand. That's exactly why we sat there. <clears throat> These folks don't want to disconnect, but online services will allow them the opportunity of just staying more relaxed and being more comfortable. You don't have to get up, and ladies, and put on your makeup and fix your hair, neither of which I worry about. <clears throat> I told the first service, uh, I heard Jay Vernon McGee speak of a gentleman that came forward one time and it's a very strict church and he said, Brother, Brother uh, Vernon, how much makeup is it all right for a woman to put on her face? And I would never have had the courage to say this but Jay Vernon McGee said, Brother, it depends on her face. <laughs> all of these people, these people types are potentially members that might drift away slowly and just you just begin to notice there's more empty seats in the room than there used to be. The point being the recent situation that we're, we've been in and are in make it much, much easier to make that kind of a decision. Well, how do we survive in uncertain times? First, In order for the church to survive, we better figure out who the church is. The buildings and property that we own are not the church. Neither are the programs we offer or the money we have saved and invest. Clifford Baptist Church is each and every person that worships here, member or not. Each of us individually is the church. I remember a gentleman named Reggie McNeil speaking at one of the annual conferences I went to and he said, people do not judge the success or health of your church by the three Bs, buildings, budgets, and bodies. If you've got a a church full of people, it may just mean you're saying what they wanna hear. Budgets and buildings may just mean you're spending God's money in the wrong place. We need to ask the Lord what to do with what he's given us. Spiritual health is what we're referring to. If the church needs to change, if we have problems that we're not correcting, there is no ethereal group that is attached to this building to fix those challenges. You have to, and I have to. We are the church. You're not sitting in the church. We are the church in a building. We have to do those things ourselves. <clears throat> the pastors, deacons, teachers, and committee chairmen are just part of the church like everyone else. We all have responsibility, even though we may have different duties and positions, and we have different giftings. I have a few suggestions that refer to us individually and also collectively as the body of Christ on how to survive what we're going through right now, and not only to survive, but to thrive. But we must never forget that we, the people, are the church. We must improve at connecting people. Everyone needs to belong to some type of group, the choir, committee, Sunday school class. We need more at-home Bible studies, as we mentioned earlier. We need places that people connect and make intimate friends and can lean on each other. We must realize that while God's word never changes, how we share it must be both practical and effective to the different needs of different people. We must take that message to the people where they are. The Bible does not instruct us to throw open the doors of the church and hope they come. Just say, y'all show up. The word says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. We are naturally somewhat resistant to change. I get that. But the Lord even had to confront the apostle Peter with the need to change. The story is told in the New Testament of when Peter was praying in an upper room and he fell into a trance. And the Lord lowered a sheet to him to look and told him to look in. And it was filled with all types of animals, both approved of by the Mosaic law and disapproved of by the Mosaic law. And he said, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Now, even knowing the Lord told him this, Peter, being human, said he disagreed. Lord, I'm not going to eat that stuff. I've never eaten things that are impure. And God said, what I have cleansed, do not call impure. Now, this had nothing to do with how Peter was eating. What this had to do with is the Jewish nation, the Jewish Christians in particular, thought that salvation was for them alone. And no one else in the world. And God was saying, change your focus, expand your ministry. Everybody gets salvation if they'll accept it. <clears throat> Likewise, Clifford Baptist Church must be flexible and think out of the box so the Lord can improve our outreach as well as our inreach. I think that the Lord may possibly have had to allow the current health difficulties and resulting restrictions to force us to pay attention. One of the new realities the Lord has brought us to is to realize we must embrace the fact that Clifford Baptist Church now has an in-person congregation and an online congregation. As the prayer of Jabez indicates, it would seem that the Lord has enlarged our borders. And if so, we are required to minister faithfully both congregations. This will be an impossible task if we aren't healthy as a church. We must make a point of ministering to every different group in the way that is meaningful to them, both within and without the church. To put practical shoe leather on that idea, it means that we need to offer traditional to those that learn best from traditional. We need to offer contemporary to those that learn best from contemporary. We are required now, I believe, to perfect the way we stream, to make sure our sound is is good, that our live stream is good. We need to continue to work on pre-recording and posting scripture and Bible studies online because there's an audience there that needs to be fed and desires to be fed by us or they wouldn't be tuning in. Now, my idea of a worldwide ministry may seem a bit over-optimistic, or maybe you think it's just not possible, we're just Clifford. To emphasize the importance of what God is beginning to do here, I would suggest to you that while the majority of the people that tune into our services are people we know and are familiar with, we have had already people tune in from England, the Philippines, Mexico, India, Egypt, and many, many states across the United States already. Very recently, a later lady contacted us and wanted to know where she could go to watch us on television. Her daughter had seen one of the broadcasts and was impressed and said, you need to go to that church or clean into that church because they're teaching God's word. Does that mean that God has TV broadcast in our future? Well, I don't know. But I know this. We must be open to the idea if God wants to take us there. Jesus taught us to feed those that were hungry, visit those who were in prison, and to clothe those who were naked. And I'm fairly certain he wasn't talking just about Clifford. We are literally being called to minister worldwide And we must not drop the ball. Already, people from Clifford have physically been to 35 different countries. And Clifford has three career missionaries that are either on the field or have been on the field. How can we look at that and deny that God is calling us outward to not look inward? It seems very clear to me that God is calling us to expand our reach into the technological audience because it travels much further and much faster than we can. Unexpectedly, now, we are in a time of restriction and potentially smaller church attendance. And oddly enough, it seems that that is happening at the exact same time that Clifford is being called to a larger field of ministry. What is God doing? Why would God allow our church to be pressured by greater government restrictions and health challenges while simultaneously calling us to a greater ministry? That seems contradictive. And I would suggest that it is absolutely not. I would suggest that Christians in general and churches in general have drifted from the faithfulness to the task that we are called to and we have welcomed and invited far too much of the world into our lives and into our church. We could very well be near or drawing near to the time of the Antichrist's appearance. Because of that, I believe the time has come when, as Scripture says, judgment of God must begin at the house of God. I think God is shaking us and refining us in order to cleanse us from false doctrine, to cleanse us from the faithless, to cleanse us from the undecided, and to cleanse us from the uncommitted. God needs his church to be his church, his way, in his time. We are in a war. We have always been in a war and we are required to stand for him at any cost to ourselves. An undecided and wishy-washy church will be of no use to the Lord. Its own doubt and uncertainty will betray its powerlessness. The lost need to see the reality of God's power in action if they are to be convinced there's something here worth checking into. And Satan is certainly not deterred by an uncommitted and powerless church. Understanding the fact that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link I would suggest that God is not only shaking the church. In my mind, what I think I see spiritually is that God is shaking the nation in order to shake the church, in order to shake us individually within that church. His children individually are called to by him, called by God to repentance and recommitment. In order for Clifford to survive and take advantage of new opportunities, the ones that God seems to be offering us, we must first examine ourselves and be willing to be refined. Our primary problem is not the pandemic. It's not the political climate in the country. It's not persecution of Christianity. Tell me a time in history when Christianity was not persecuted. It has always been persecuted. The church has always grown the most dramatically in the midst of the deepest persecution so we're looking at it as something terrible when God may be looking at it as porn miracle grow on his church to get something done for change persecution of a church as well as an individual will reveal both the genuine and the false in that person or in that church fair weather friends don't stay around long We should not be praying for normal times and an easier path. We should be praying that the Lord helps us see that we are not what we should be. Jesus changed the entire world with 12 men. But those 12 men were willing to die for him. Are you? Am I? Take your Bibles for our focal verse today and turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, one small verse. Revelation, chapter 2, verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Sometimes something has to be broken down before it can be built back up properly. No person has ever taken medicine willingly until they were convinced they were sick. If we are weak and powerless, it's because we have individually left our first love. We must, this morning, examine ourselves honestly. Remember, if there's a problem with our church, it's us. We are that church. Is our focus on Jesus? Consider yourself personally with this. Is my focus only on Jesus? Do my thoughts, words, and actions prove that the Lord is first in my life or do they indicate something quite different? If we examine where we spend our time, money, and efforts, do they lead others to Jesus or will they only lead them to our favorite activities and places of pleasure? We are the church and it can never truly be healthy and usable until its members are refined, which will refine the church, which will refine the community, which will refine the country. Refining is the process of removing impurities from metal. The longer it's in the fire, the more impurities are cooked out of it. The difference between regular silver and sterling silver is simply that sterling has been in the fire longer and more impurities have been cooked out How long will our refining take? How long will my refining take? That depends on how long I continue to choose my personal pleasure and convenience over the call of God. As it is with the silversmith, it will be with us. The silversmith refines the fielder until and only until he can see his reflection in the silver. God will refine us individually and collectively until he can see his reflection in us. Let us examine ourselves honestly and ask the Lord to show us what we need to refine. allow him to refine out of our life. Allow this morning the Holy Spirit to guide you towards renewal and recommitment to him. Only when we are in right relationship with him will he be able to exhibit his power in us and through us. Only then will our church be his church and not ours. This morning, as we draw to a close, I would encourage all of us as Christians to open the door to our soul and let the Holy Spirit point out the things that need repenting of. I have them, and I'm working hard to do just that. Perhaps there are people here this morning that have other issues We don't want to ignore you. We'll pray for you. We will ask the Lord's power to fall on you and to deliver you from whatever you're dealing with. And most importantly of all, perhaps someone here this morning does not know Jesus. Has either not known about him or has known about him for so long that you've just taken him for granted and never made it personal. Jesus cannot be your savior unless he is also your Lord. And there are many people in church that have been in church a long time who want to try for half of that, and it does not work. 100% commitment. He, he died 100% for you. He requires a 100% commitment to him. I'm going to close with prayer, and Brother Tom will lead us in song. This is a time that the altar is open, whether you're in the room here or listening by live streaming it doesn't matter come to the altar at the front or the altar in front of you your heart can be an altar that jesus will meet you at if you will allow it let's go to the lord in prayer father god thank you for each person that is here i ask that you would remove any semblance of myself from the sermon that i believe you gave me move in the holy spirit move in power and have your will done in every life